you're listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Welcome back to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast, the podcast where we explore the past, understand the present, and dream of the future. Today on the podcast, we have Tina Luce. So thank you for taking time and doing the podcast with me. Sure. Daniel's very excited to have you on the podcast. Of course. <laughs> Can you uh, start off by telling me who you are and what you do? Um, my name is Tina Luce, and I am an epidemiologist. I work for the Department of the Navy with the Navy Marine Corps Public Health Center, um, and I work here in Portsmouth, Virginia. Awesome. What years were you involved in junior theater, and how did you get involved? Um, I got involved in junior theater. I started classes in 1991 in third grade. Um, my friend, Cindy, uh, who was my best friend, um, she got a, she took a class the semester before I started and I, she just raved about it. And so I asked my parents if I could do junior theater with Cindy. And so the next semester I was there and I took classes, um, all the way through, um, till I got onto the main stage. Awesome. And then you joined the staff. So what was that transition like between student and staff? I did classes every semester and I didn't join uh, main stage until a little bit later. So the production of Peter Pan, which I think took place when I was in seventh grade, really fostered a larger group of people to, to join the main stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I did main stage productions at least two or three every single year. Um, And when I was 15, I asked, I started volunteering when I was 14. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember volunteering to help build the set for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. At that point, I decided that I wanted to ask Bonnie Gunther if I could have one of the jobs as a staff member. And she was um, gracious enough to give me that position. The interesting thing about my generation with junior theater is for some reason after Charlie and the, or after Peter Pan, Mm -hmm. um, not many of the older kids stuck around for very long. So there was kind of an exodus of people. And by the time I reached high school, uh, I was actually one of the oldest people at junior theater for many years. Um, And so my generation kind of didn't have um, people above us for very long. So um, the transition into staff, we all became staff members about at the same time. And it was a group of us from about, you know, I was, you know, when I was a senior, it was mostly just seniors, juniors, and sophomores. Um, and, um, the transition to staff was great. Um, back, back when I was in junior theater as a junior staff member in the nineties, um, staff members who were 15, 16, 17 were teaching the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think occurs anymore. Um, that was a little bit of a difference. And so I taught a lot of the classes for anywhere from five-year-olds to I think 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a great experience. And we had a lot of fun doing plays every single semester. Yeah. Did you have a favorite class to teach? The kids that I liked teaching the most were the 10 and 11-year-olds. Um, I like them because uh, they have the ability to, you know, have fun to joke around a little bit. They follow instructions really well. So that was kind mm-hmm. of my age group. But the classes that I really enjoyed teaching were um, the drama day camp musical theater classes. Mm-hmm. There were a couple years where I was in charge of the musical theater and I have no, uh, I mean, I, I was in show choir and I was in chorus. 
Um, but I don't really have a dance background whatsoever, but I just had so much fun choreographing those small dance routines that we would do, making sure that the older kids who were in the camps had fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, cause a lot of times it's goofy. Um, and so just the energy you could bring to the musical theater experience and getting some of the kids out of their comfort zone. Um, I really, really like doing the musical theater section of drama day camp. I have a feeling my friends would roll their eyes about <laughs> some of the musical theater routines we did. Um, but it, it warms my heart. <laughs> good, good. So you were involved at junior theater from third grade all the way through grad school, which is quite a bit of time. So you can, can you talk about how junior theater evolved over those years and what the most notable changes were? Sure. Um, obviously, when I was little, I didn't really understand what was going on at junior theater. But um, let's see, uh, through high school, you know, Bonnie Gunther was still the coordinator for junior theater. She left, I believe, right about when I got into college or shortly after. And so there was a lot of transition from when Bonnie Gunther left um, over the years, a couple different people's hands. Um, but I was there for all of it. And you know, the thing is, is that everyone loves junior theater and no matter who it was, they had a vision for junior theater that might not be the vision that somebody else had for junior mm -hmm. theater, but they really wanted to see it succeed and, and do well. Um, and um, I think the biggest transition, though, is once um, our current coordinator, Daniel Sheridan, took over, that's when really large changes started to take place. Um, some of the the drives for fundraising that occurred where they were they were able to um, add in the lighting system and the the revamp of the theater and they've expanded the campus so much every once in a while I go back to visit and Daniel always is willing to give tours so Daniel's told me uh, that people from your junior theater generation call you captain can you talk about that yeah um well I think it started because well a like I said, I was one of, I was the oldest kid in our, in our friend group. Um, mm -hmm. I turned 16 before any of them and was driving all of them around town, all around Davenport to do things. And I, I am bossy. There's no doubt <laughs> about it. I am known for being, I'm going to say I'm a strong leader. Okay. Um, but most, I think a lot of people would say I'm bossy. Um, and so I definitely was the leader in our little pack and Bonnie often gave me leadership tasks. And so there was, we were also a bunch of nerds. And <laughs> so we enjoyed Star Trek. And I don't know who decided, my guess is it was one of the boys mm -hmm. decided that we should give ranks out to everyone. And so Bonnie was admiral, mm -hmm. and I became captain, Good. and others became commander and lieutenant commander and so on. I don't remember everyone's rank to this day, but I do know for a fact that some of them still refer to me as the captain uh -huh. um, and uh, the name's kind of stuck. Do you remember what Daniels was? He was commander. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he's the one that decided who got what rank. So the fact that, that he gave sense. himself commander, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> So you were the drama day camp coordinator in the summers. Do you have a favorite memory from those summers? Summertime at junior theater was the absolute best time to be at junior theater. And that's probably why I kept coming back um, during college and grad school, because I loved the summers at junior theater. And that was everything from the, 
the drama day camps, we'd have two camps every summer with 80 kids each. Wow. Of course, there was show wagon. There was also the Bix Fest where we would help out with the staging at the Bix Festival every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for drama day camp, drama day camp was just magical because after you'd been there doing it for probably a decade, um, you, the same kids would come every single year. And they weren't kids that would be in the classes every single semester. They were kids that just came in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really got to know them every summer. And, you know, you can know a, you can know a child pretty well after teaching them for a semester in our classes. But spending a full week with them where you're writing a script and mm-hmm. you're going to improv classes and you're eating lunch with them, it just really, you just really got to know the kids a little bit better. And seeing them every year and seeing them grow up was fantastic. Um, I think, I mean, the experiences that I loved the most with drama day camp, besides teaching the musical theater group were things like the kickball games out on the lawn. We definitely had, you know, there's always those kids who are the ones who don't find their friend group at camp Mm -hmm. and seeing some of those kids over the years grow and become more confident And we would try to nurture those, you know, nurture them and make sure that they were involved. And we'd never try to have anyone feel like they were an outsider at camp. And I, I think we did a great job with that. Um, And always the last day, the final production day was so much fun. So many kids getting up and doing, you know, plays, their plays in the musical theater. And it was just always really great. We'd always have full houses with all the parents there and you know some of those kids would be in other camps other city camps um and and i and we'd see them when we would do show wagon also and so it was just a big community and it was great and those drama day camp is really my favorite part of being involved in junior theater yeah so we don't have the show wagon anymore but i've been told that you were the one who would drive it around a bit can you talk a little bit about that yeah, you know, I listened to Brett Batterson's podcast about this too. Um, yeah, when I was 16, I was given the keys to the city van and the show wagon and was basically told, go ahead and go. I was trained a little bit um, on how to drive it. I think the first year, maybe I didn't drive it. I think Kathy drove it for the first year, um, who was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, the next year it was on me. Did we have some um, times, there were some accidents, there were some (laughs) things that happened, just like as Mr. Batterson said, um, there was an incident where it fell off its hitch on Eastern Avenue, and we had to leave it there and go on, the show must go on, but, and no one ever trained me how to, how to back up a large (laughs) hitched vehicle, so there were times where if I had to back it up, we'd have 10 people outside directing me, but, um, (laughs) It was, it was, it was so much fun. You know, the best part about show wagon was that we would, so show wagon, when I first joined junior theater was um, the plays that happened in the spring during classes were presented on the show wagon. Okay. But I think somewhere late in my high school years, we decided that that wasn't a very good way to do it because a lot of those kids couldn't come and do show wagon. So we decided to have a true show wagon experience where we picked plays and we got people to agree to come for a week and we'd, we'd rehearse on, I think on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we were out the door doing shows. And so there was a core group of people who would do show wagon every summer. 
and we would do it for, I think, six weeks. And we, you know, we'd drive around to the different parks and go to the city camps. We'd go to the family museum um, and some other locations who wanted us uh, daycare facilities and things like that. Um, and, you know, we would load the van up with set pieces and we'd load the cars up with the kids. And I know there's no way they would allow us to do this anymore, but it was just a really fun experience where we would drive around the city doing plays. Um, the show wagon wasn't always used for all the productions, but when it was, we would, unfortunately, we would time each other, time ourselves on how fast we could put the show wagon together. Mm-hmm. And so it became a competition and we got really good at putting the show wagon together. No one lost any fingers. That's good. <laughs> it's a miracle. And no, they never collapsed underneath us. So I think we did a really good job. Yeah, sounds like it. (laughs) Where did life take you after you graduated high school and junior theater? And do you think junior theater had an impact on that? So when I, when I graduated high school, I was still in junior theater helping out on weekends Mm -hmm. uh, and springtime and um, summers, but I went to the University of Iowa and I received my bachelor's degree in anthropology and Spanish. Um, I always knew I wanted to do something with diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in medical anthropology, but that quickly, I, I learned about the public health college when I was in undergrad and decided that I wanted to go get my master's in public health and epidemiology. So I went to Iowa for that as well. Um, I will say that through undergrad and graduate school, I worked at Hancher Auditorium, which mm-hmm. was the um, theater at Iowa no longer exists after the flood that occurred there, I think probably five, six years ago now. Um, they had to tear it down. But I was a stagehand for them doing everything from lighting, um, sound work, um, being backstage during large productions. I mean, there was even a job where you just had to sit there and wait for the fire alarm to go off because yeah. when the fire alarm goes off, it goes off silently for the first few minutes. Mm-hmm. So they need someone during large productions to be there in case it goes off. Um, and it was a great experience working at Hancher. It was a much more professional environment um, mm-hmm. with the union, the stagehand union being involved as well. Um, so, so junior theater helped me get into Hancher Auditorium because it was, you know, very easy for me to say I, I already had stage handing experience. Right. Once I got my degree in epidemiology, there just, there just aren't a lot of epidemiologists in the state of Iowa. Um, so I had to find a position and I ended up out here in Virginia working for the Navy. Mm-hmm. And I've been out here for 13 years now. And, you know, junior theater, I think the big thing about junior theater is that the friendships I made at junior theater, um, many of the friends there have inspired me to be better Mm -hmm. and to do things that I probably wouldn't have done without them. So things like knowing that I could go to graduate school and knowing that I could, you know, go off on my own and, and live a life in Virginia. I don't know if I would have been able to do that without the support of my friends from junior theater. They make me better people. So, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm sure this year has been crazy for you then if you're, you know, studying diseases, I'm sure you can't talk about a lot of it, but what's this year been like for you then? Well, so I normally work in behavioral health, so mental health Mm -hmm. conditions. So we do public health surveillance um, where I look at, you know, what kind of mental health conditions our service members focusing on sailors and Marines have. 
looking at things like post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm -hmm. depressive disorder, suicide. Obviously this year with COVID-19, because I do work at basically the CDC for the Navy and the Marine Corps, it became an all hands on deck situation. So I did, I did help with the response to COVID-19. We did a published article that on, um, on um, an outbreak on a U.S. carrier. Um, And there's lots, and it was just, it was a total madness of a year. Mm -hmm. But um, even though the pandemic has not gone away, we are now switching our focus more to the mental health impacts of COVID-19. So I think that's where we're going to see a lot of questions coming in about how that's affected, you know, not just our sailors and Marines, but the, 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 the world Mm -hmm. as a whole. Onto a lighter topic, though, <laughs> do you have any um, hidden hobbies, talents, or passions that are less known about you? I mean, I'm a general nerd, and I enjoy hobbies. Um, I like to, I like to go to karaoke. Mm-hmm. I like line dancing. I think that comes from my theater and show choir background. I'm a knitter. I'm a baker. I'm a reader. Uh, I think most of my, everyone knows this because it's on Facebook, but I go to presidential homes and libraries. I like to do Mm. checklists. So I like to be able to check off things that I've done. So Mm. um, I've been to, I think, 21 homes or libraries for 21 different presidents. I haven't been to all of them. And some, some presidents have multiple, Mm -hmm. but I can say I've officially been to 21 presidents, homes or libraries. And so that's kind of my secret, but not so secret. Mm -hmm. hobby. That's awesome. If you could have lunch with anyone throughout history, who would it be and why? I think most people would choose, you know, somebody who's super famous or somebody who has great knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I've, I thought about this question when you send it to me and I, no one like just comes to my mind. And so actually what I decided on is, you know, the person in my, the person who had a really large impact in my life, um, who's semi-famous is Laura Ingalls Wilder. Mm -hmm. Um, I know she, she was just a regular person who lived, you know, for much of her life until she was famous from writing her books. But I would love to sit down with her and talk to her about what it was like to be a pioneer. Mm-hmm. And just to, you don't really get a sense of who she is from the books. They're very, you know, they're children's books. And I'd love to just mm-hmm. actually get to talk to her and know her personality uh, because I continue to read books about her and I'm kind of fascinated with her. So uh, Lauren Goes Wilder, that is my choice. Awesome. You mentioned earlier that junior theater gave you a ton of friendships and they inspired you and gave you the confidence to go off in, in the world. Can you talk a little bit more about how junior theater fosters those lifelong relationships? Because Daniel has told me to this day, you are one of his closest friends. Yeah, um, you know, we were a really tight friend group in high school. I think the best thing about junior theater is you're not just friends with people in your own high school. Junior theater is across the Quad Cities. Um, and so, you know, I had friends in Illinois and friends at Central and North, um, and it didn't matter what school you went to. So that was kind of a great thing because it was friends outside of your high school. Mm-hmm. We were a really tight group of friends. And I think, thankfully, due to social media and um, persistence by me, probably a little bit, we, we managed to get through our college years still being in contact with each other. Um, and we have a once a year Christmas party that we uh, invite everyone to. And it's not just the generation that from my high school years, we also invite the generation that is directly um, younger than us Mm -hmm. because we were so, we were there, I was there for so long. We were all, some of us were there for so long that we really got to know that generation as well. 
Um, and so we invite all of them out to a night out around Christmas time. And we also try to have a luncheon around the same time. Um, and so we're just really trying to maintain those relationships. We have a Facebook group that we try to keep up. Um, and the, lately with COVID, um, it's been really great because there's a small group of us that have really connected back with each other because mm -hmm. of COVID. Um, and we've supported each other and um, been there for each other throughout this year. It's been a very hard year and it's made quarantine and all of the ups and downs of COVID so much better to have a group of people who really know you from when you were a child and, Definitely. you know, you have a long relationship with, but yeah, I think, I think junior theater really just brought a group of people together who we just love each other. and We want to stay together. We actually, we even have reunions. We oh. haven't had one in a while, but we've met in New York city. We've met yeah. in Nashville, Tennessee. We met in Madison, Wisconsin one time, a couple of them have come out here. So we really tried to, um, still meet each other and see each other from time to time. I mean, we're all, everyone's having babies now and right. there's lots, you know, so it's a little bit difficult, but we plan, we plan, my generation at junior theater plans to be friends until we're in rocking chairs at the nursing home together. That's awesome. So why do you think programs like junior theater are important to support? Um, well, you know, I think, I think the, the best part about junior theater is, the life skills that you learn at junior theater that go beyond just theater. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not an actor. I never was. I would, I happily will go on stage. Uh, that's the thing that junior theater taught me is how to do public speaking. I just today had to give a 30 minute presentation to a group of people for work and it's a breeze because I practiced and mm -hmm. I, you know, just being able to have a loud voice that's animated can get you so far in life. And I think that's junior theater taught me those skills. Um, I think it, you know, public speaking, building your confidence, having creativity, building relationships with other children. I think, you know, the program at junior theater allows and cultivates that. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a low cost program. It really is. People are always amazed when I tell them, you know, what the price is for a class at junior theater and it's very accessible. And I think we should support it because, um, it doesn't require you to buy tons and tons of dance clothes or, mm -hmm. you know, when you're in show choir, you have to go to all these, you know, you have, I, I can't tell you how much money my parents spent on mm -hmm. something like show choir and junior theater is not like that. It's, you know, very low cost and you get such huge benefits out of it. So I think, yeah, that's, that's why it needs to be to keep going and we need to um, support it as much as possible. Absolutely. So I have one last question for you. And that is what advice would you give a current DJT kid? I think I would tell them that, you know, your friendships at junior theater, if you let them really become the most important thing, take the time to get to know the kids there and to learn their different experiences and to foster those friendships and surround yourself with good people, good, smart people who inspire you. Because I think that's the number one thing to being a healthy adult is having a good community and to just enjoy the experience because it goes by so quickly. And then all of a sudden you're, you're an alumni and you're being asked to do a podcast interview. Um, so, um, yeah, just enjoy the experience and, uh, you know, cultivate those friendships. Yeah. 
Anything else for the podcast before you go? As the resident epidemiologist from junior theater, I would like to remind everyone to mask up and to get their vaccines when they become available to them. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today and coming and doing this podcast. Thank you, Emma. It was great. This has been the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.